That's because I um I just get a little wild and it's time for a snack break. Today is exciting. Why, Lauren? Because <laughs> we have our first guest for a snack break. Woo! And then yeah, un- <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. So we're always like, yeah, snack breaks, ten minutes long. And then we're like, let's add a third person, and then it will surely yeah. be short and snack more is size. More sometimes. Yes, more is so, more. More snacks are better than none. All right, so. <laughs> Emily. Hello. Emily, the outdoor nutritionist, is in his house. What up? What up? (laughs) Caitlin, would you like to introduce our guest? (laughs) Yes. Well, Emily and I have been uh, internet BFFs for a long time. And I say um, (laughs) jokingly because that is how all of my friends have come about. That's how I met Caitlin. And here we are on a podcast. What a time. But Emily and I started talking about a topic that we felt was horribly misrepresented and our clients were asking us about it and we really wanted to dive deeper. So today we are going to dig into that. But first, I want to tell you a bit more about Emily. Emily Smith is the outdoor nutritionist and she is a certified nutrition specialist just like me. So I'm outnumbered. (laughs) Everyone knows everything. What am I even doing here? (laughs) You know training. We don't at all. (laughs) But uh, Emily, do you want to share a little bit more about yourself so our audience, in case they don't know you, can get to know you a bit more? Yeah, totally. So like you said, I'm a certified nutrition specialist. I work mainly with outdoor athletes and outdoor enthusiasts. I love working with that population because those are my people. Um, so I work a lot in, you know, performance nutrition, but um, also, you know, just helping people feel really confident in their food choices because it's, I think that's a really important component of my work. And yeah. he's got a big brain on her, so. Yeah, I'm Listen psyched up. to have both of you, both of you here to talk about. Yeah, this is a spicy topic very spicy but mm-hmm. we're about to sometimes make it salty sometimes so. salty sometimes <laughs> fucking rude um so we're <laughs> so we're about rude. To, definitely rude but we're about to get into it with two people that are highly qualified to be discussing this especially especially in the context of the climbing community so i think before we officially introduce the topic, I have a relevant story from actually this morning when I was climbing. Oh yeah, so maybe the audience will sort of guess what. Yeah, we're probably going to end up putting what the topic is in the episode title, so you already fucking know what it is. Whatever, we're yeah, acting you know like you don't know into. yet. It's fine. Surprise! Surprise! Okay, so anyways, I'm at the gym with a good friend this morning, and we're, you know, just talking, and my friend laments that he wishes he could lose some weight because he feels like he's the heaviest he's been. Um, mm. He had a surgery on his knee because of an injury, yada, yada. and was just kind of like out of things for a while, etc. And his thought was, 
that you know he wanted to basically like he wants to climb better but he also like has some aesthetic goals which is totally fair in this you know Mm -hmm. beauty focused world and he was like uh the last time i tried to lose weight it took me like two and a half years and i did it really like low and slow but this time i think i just want to like do a really aggressive caloric deficit, get it done, and then I'll worry about building muscle. And then I was just like, you know, I'm not really that qualified to talk about this, but I think something's fucked here. I didn't say that in so many words. Scientifically and professionally. I just fucked. looked at I looked at my friend and I was like, I'm gonna buy you my friend's body composition masterclass for Christmas. And then like maybe that'll cause I don't. I feel like this is not the way, but I want more information from you two about why that's like maybe not the vibe. As it were, so welcome to this episode of the Average Climber Podcast. We're doing a snack break. I'm Lauren. I'm a coach and personal trainer. This is Caitlin. She's the nutritionist. We also got Emily in the house, nutritionist. And today we are talking about body composition (laughs) body composition um so which is a big topic in climbing you know i think that goes Mm -hmm. goes without saying and i'm so excited to talk to two people that actually know what's going on versus all the hot (laughs) hot garbage that is out there about this topic so it's a dumpster (laughs) fire out there i feel like People often assume that body composition is like this whole thing about fat loss and aggressive calorie deficits, but there's nothing that I hate more than using the word aggressive and weight loss in the same sentence, unless I'm saying they don't work. So I aggressively don't want to deal with that right now. (laughs) Yeah. I aggressively agree with you. Uh, Yes. So, Okay. Before we, yeah, and each of you, I'm very excited because each of you are going to share a couple of things that people probably don't know about the topic of body composition. And I think, you know, we're about to get some jaws dropping up in here. (laughs) But can you each maybe just share, yeah, maybe we'll start with Emily because she's our honored guest. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about like what body composition is and why we're talking about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. So body composition has a few different factors going on in it. It's, of course, our lean body mass or our muscle mass. It's our fat mass. This is usually what people associate with body composition, but we also have our skeletal structure that's coming into play and also our uh, water weight. So there are a ton of different things going into your body composition, but really when you say body composition, people are mainly thinking about their muscle mass and their fat mass, which is usually what we are trying to um, change when we're thinking about a body recomposition. Yeah, and it's definitely something that I think people misunderstand is that it it can actually be more about building muscle. And what I think is less thought about is that fat can either decrease, it can increase, Or maybe it stays the same. And I think people actually might gain weight when they're working on body composition too. So there's just a lot of these topics that I think in the climbing community, we we don't really dig into what body comp really means. I think weight loss tends to be a big goal. But when you think about weight loss, that can also mean muscle loss too. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. And it depends on your goals. Yeah. Oh, I have... I have so many questions already. I but before we before we dive into <laughs> what you two are going to enlighten us with, um, can you share a little bit about 
body composition in the context of rock climbing as a sport or maybe anything about you know clients that you've worked with just love to kind of like dip our toes into the topic yeah I think in the climbing community people are really interested in body composition I think it tends to be sort of like this nuanced topic for some people who hear body comp versus weight loss and it maybe feels like a healthier approach, which I might agree with. I think body composition is something that if we're talking about building muscle and improving our strength and, you know, maybe not necessarily talking about weight in that context, I think that it makes sense that of course people want to learn how to improve their strength and muscle mass. And maybe sometimes there is a component of fat loss or, um, you know, the aesthetic part of things too. But I also think that in the climbing community where we don't necessarily have seasonality to our climbing, it's kind of a year round fun playground. (laughs) I think it's easy to kind of get lost in what that means when we should touch on that, or even if it's appropriate for us to focus on body composition. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, like if you're listening to this and you're like, is this a new thing I should be worried about? Chances are maybe not. not. (laughs) Probably not. I don't know. It's hard to say, but there's a very good chance that you just don't even need to concern yourself with this because there are so many different avenues towards improving your climbing performance that don't have to be about body composition at all. But, you know, it is an avenue legitimately, and that's why we are talking about it today. Um, Emily, is there anything, so I know you and Caitlin kind of have a very specific approach that is different from other things athletes might have seen in the industry. What do you feel is maybe superior or at least a safer approach um, the way you all operate in terms of approaching body composition with the athletes that you work with? Totally. So typically when I'm working with an athlete on body composition, We are almost always 99.9% of the time working on muscle gain first because I typically find that when I start working with someone, they're not eating enough calories anyway. So (laughs) if they're going to diet, it's like, what are you taking the calorie deficit from? You're already in a calorie deficit and you're not building muscle. Um, So typically someone's saying, you know, I want to lose weight so I can improve my climbing performance, but Really what this comes down to is trying to put on muscle weight first. Um, Mm -hmm. So typically we're really focusing on, you know, helping that person gain muscle first and foremost, because a lot of times that does make all the difference they want to see in their body composition. Yeah, it's kind of this funny thing where, I don't know, you might be like, the number on the scale isn't what I want, but I've put on muscle and this is actually what I want. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, totally. I think it can be, it can feel like kind of this confusing process. And that's why I think for us, we really base it on the person we work with. It really Mm -hmm. depends. And maybe we avoid the scale. Maybe we instead work on, you know, like the the mirror challenge of just like looking at our muscles and appreciating them or assessing how we feel during climbing sessions or during training. You know, maybe we use PRs as something that helps us measure where we're at or how our clothes fit or maybe measurements. You know, I think there's a lot of approaches there and it really depends on who the person is, what they might actually need, and then we kind of backtrack from there because, yeah, the the safety aspect, I think, of weight loss is something that when we, in the climbing 
community talk about like strength to weight ratio. I think weight loss is associated more often than not with our sport and how we can improve performance. But like Emily said, with building muscle, that's that's the best approach for building body composition and improving your strength. But with that comes, you know, nutrition requirements too. So yeah. we take a lower and slower approach, I would say, is maybe where we we go about it differently. Totally. And for anyone listening to this, um, in case this question helps you think about your body composition goals, one question that I always ask someone I'm working with when we're working on body composition changes is if your weight did not change, but your body composition did, would you still be happy with the results? Because this is a really important thing to consider and clear up with yourself before actively pursuing body composition changes, because your weight might not change. And I don't blame anyone for focusing on weight because the scale is really accessible. It's something we can have in our house that's, you know, accurate when we use it. So I don't blame people for using that. But you do need to, you know, clear up your expectations with yourself and know that your results might not reflect the scale. And in fact, that can be something that's really freeing for someone who wants to pursue body composition changes, um, but doesn't really want to think about weight so much because your body composition is really more than, you know, this collective number on the scale. Totally. That's such a good point. I think something else that I appreciate about both of you a lot is that you all are, you know, obviously experts with a ton of clinical hours and all of the things, but I appreciate that you're also taking into account people's mental health with this too, because the risk of turning this into, you know, disordered eating habits or even a disordered eating yeah, or an eating disorder altogether, you know, is a thing. And that's absolutely not the way you're going to become a better athlete. Right. So I think that's really important that you all take care in your individualized approach with your clients to make sure that, you know, everything, there's safety both physically and mentally going on, which is fucking mm. sick. So big pass <laughs> on the back because that isn't always happening everywhere. Am I nope. right? Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm also very excited to watch this masterclass myself. I like can't wait, but okay. So before so now I want to get into it. So Emily, we will we will start with you. What is something that you wish people knew about body composition? So I guess, you know, let me reiterate a little bit of what we've already been talking about because it's something that I think people really need to understand. Body composition is a term that is not synonymous with weight loss or even fat loss. It can be so much more than this. You know, your body composition can change without your weight changing. Your weight could increase. You could be happier with your body composition with an increase in weight. And I've seen this happen with my clients as well. They come to me with already a pretty low body fat percent and they want to change their body composition get stronger, get leaner. And what ends up happening is actually maybe we increase their body composition percent or they increase their body fat percent, you know, two to 5%. And they actually end up being happier with those results. So yeah, just to reiterate again, body composition is not synonymous with weight loss or even fat loss. I think that's a lot of what makes body composition talk kind of, you know, triggering, but we can approach it in a different way. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, I think that's 
so important and it's also just we're just doing algebra with our bodies basically we're <laughs> yes. changing like certain math, math yes. certain percentages of things rock mm-hmm. on caitlin what about you what is something that you wish people knew about body composition i well also something we've kind of touched on already that i think is worth mentioning but the seasonality aspect of changing our body composition is something that I really wish more people were aware of because really it should have the goal of body composition should have a start and an end point. So basically when we talk about body composition, we need to have a time frame in mind. We have to go about it in a way where we say, okay, maybe three months before I even start my, you know, heavy training block to go into my season where I'm hoping to peak at a certain time, we really should be thinking about what we can do then in a slow and measured way. And then we should also keep in mind that we should have an end point because you can't be in a calorie deficit for a year plus. I mean, you, you really shouldn't even be in a calorie deficit for longer periods of time anyway, because if our goal is to build muscle or to, you know, have energy for our daily life, we need to remember that any amount of a deficit is, you know, that's less energy coming in and less energy that we have overall. So have expectations and, Remember that body composition can take time if this is your focus, but slow and steady changes are going to be where you see the most success and that makes it more sustainable in its approach too. And I know we haven't touched on it too much, but I think the holistic approach here is also worth mentioning because if you're just focusing on you know, weight loss or a calorie deficit or even a calorie surplus. I think sometimes that can be challenging too for a lot of people. And we don't always talk about that side, but I think keeping in mind that your overall nutrition, how consistent you can be and what you can do in your training and how your sleep is looking, the quality of it, and maybe how you also work through stressors too. I mean, these aspects are going to help minimize that burnout that might happen when you are focusing on your nutrition during this time frame. Rock on. Okay. You mentioned the holistic approach and how, you know, not just focusing on food and training is really important. So to the athlete that you know, not to, not to pick on my friend here, but I am curious, (laughs) like genuinely and not coming from a place of like shaming someone who, you know, I mean, everyone's been fed a lie where it's just like calories in calories out. It's just math. Just be miserable and be hungry. And then everything's perfect. (laughs) Right. So like, what would you say to someone that's like, well, I just want to like very quickly, like drop weight and then I'll, you know, get back to it. And you know, all these things, like what are some of the maybe, I mean, maybe it works, but what are some of the maybe more negative things that someone who would try a more, quote, aggressive approach like that? Like, what are some negative outcomes of that, generally speaking, especially if you're someone that's still trying to climb consistently on a weekly basis or, you know, just be an active adult in general? You know, I think something worth pointing out here is that if an aggressive calorie deficit worked, if we could just, you know, 
slash our calories for a couple weeks and recomp our bodies and, you know, feel really successful. If that worked, we would do it more, but we don't mm. do it because it doesn't work. Um, so I think that's kind of just something that Mic drop. Of, course, yeah, <laughs> of course I wish that would happen. That would make our jobs really easy if people just had to adhere to this for a couple weeks, but um, it, it doesn't work. It is really hard to adhere to. Um, it really decreases the nutrition quality of your diet. And I always tell people that if you're going to pursue a diet and a calorie deficit in particular, of course, you want to be dieting at the highest amount of calories possible. That's always my goal for people mm -hmm. um, because we want to make sure they're getting in all the nutrients they need, all the fiber they need to be healthy, have nutrients for energy production and recovery. Um, that's all really important. So if you're doing a crash diet like that, which I'm going to call it a crash diet, mm -hmm. you can definitely expect your performance to suffer a great deal. Yeah, because I mean, it's my understanding that if you're in a caloric deficit, your body isn't just like, we'll just only burn fat like you asked. Your body's like, totally. light everything on fire. It's our first <laughs> <laughs> Muscle, yeah. gotta go. Like, I don't God, know. Mental health, health, gotta go. go. <laughs> like, yeah, because your, your body fat is, it's there for a purpose, right? Like, it's there to keep us warm. It's there for hormone production. It's there for energy production as like a, you know, evolutionary response. We use fat for a lot of things and we need it and our body knows that. So if you're like, okay, body, we're crashing today, it's it maybe is going to crash because it's going to start ticking protein and the things that you started working on for, you know, body composition, if that was your goal all along, but if you were in too heavy of a caloric deficit, by the end of that time frame, maybe you've lost weight, but, you know, what weight did you lose what are you exposing yourself to? Is that more injury risk? Are you not experiencing good mental health? Has your mood changed? Has your digestion suffered? I mean, there's a lot of aspects there that I think when we crash diet, we're like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be great. Next. Okay. And then you get there and you're like, wait a minute, this actually was terrible and I feel terrible. Let me crash diet more because that was worse and I didn't succeed at it. It's like, no, no, no. It just is a bad approach. Don't go there. Everything yeah. is not fine. Everything <laughs> is not good. Kids okay. are not all right. <laughs> yes. Okay. Wait. I'm sorry. I have another question. I'm, we're going to talk about your master class, I promise. But I also have this question of when someone comes to you and they, you know, are maybe actively pursuing weight loss and you kind of like look at everything, you know, analyze it, use your big nutrition brains to take it all in. <laughs> At what point do you kind of realize mm, this person probably doesn't actually need weight loss? This pro person probably wants to focus, you know, what they actually want based on what I'm hearing is they want to work on body recomposition. Like, how do you point that out to people or how do you one, how do you like determine that? And then two, how do you help people maybe shift their perspective on the idea of maybe it's not weight loss that would be a helpful goal for me? Maybe it's body recomposition? Like, how do you make that shift? I find that people actually end up coming to me mentioning body recomp. I think nice. that that's something that in our community is maybe becoming more of a common phrasing or something to look into because I think people know they're aware that, okay, maybe a crash diet and like the synonymous weight loss term 
terminology isn't going to work for me, but like what is body composition and how could I approach that? And usually what I do is I start by asking questions and I kind of look at, you know, their health history and their forms when they come to me just to see if they're in a, a good place to potentially start something like that or to see if there's any other dietary habits that I think maybe could be addressed first. And that's an honest conversation that I have with them. And I say like, you know, in terms of approaching this, I think that we could do these few things first, like eating consistently throughout the day, getting enough calories, bumping up protein, maybe increasing colorful fruits and vegetables in your daily diet. And I kind of see where they're at with that. And I ask them questions about, you know, what is your goal? What are you hoping to get out of that? And just see if it's really an appropriate time to start that, or if we should kind of back up and, and talk about, something else that could also help body comp without them really realizing it, but could be more helpful in the long run. Because sometimes I think focusing on body composition takes away from the greater goal that we have of just having longevity in our sport, feeling really good, feeling energized, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Totally. I'm in agreement with that. Um, I'd also say that, you know, typically someone comes to us for body recomposition because they tried it on their own and it's not working. Usually what they've tried on their own is a calorie deficit to mm-hmm. improve their body fat percent. So I always like to ask them, you know, when did you start your calorie deficit? Because most people don't have a start date and it ends up being that they've already been doing this for four months. And or I years. say, <laughs> you know, or years, sometimes <laughs> much longer than four months. But, you know, at this point, I'm like, the calorie deficit isn't working. You've already been doing it. You've been doing it for too long and we need to take a different approach to it. And I just try to help them work through their goals and what they really want to achieve. And a lot of times I hear a complaint along the lines of, I'm doing all of my training sessions, like I'm working really hard in the gym and like nothing is happening. So to me that says this person really actually wants to get stronger, maybe they want to see muscle definition, at which point we'll probably move into focusing on that versus just focusing on decreasing a body fat percent. Yeah, and yeah. that makes me think too, because I've been in a situation where I'll say, okay, I think we should be in a surplus because we you're looking to gain muscle and we need to be consuming nutrition, like, you know, energy coming in, we need that in order to gain muscle. So that's when I'll often refer out. I'll say like, hey, you know, if you're not already working with a coach or if you don't already have a plan, maybe that's something that you'd be interested in because really to see muscle, you know, you can't just eat protein and it's like, whoa, I have a bicep now. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <wish>. actually, <laughs> yeah, like um, spinach for Popeye, mm, still also not going to work, just FYI. But I think it's that important That was a really to... weird brand choice now that I think about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, a, okay. When did we were like, leaves equal you look ripped? I don't, it doesn't add up. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I leaves equal. You look like you never did leg day in your life. Like that's what we. I don't, <laughs> oh my gosh, doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't understand. Uh, I wow. don't either. There's a lot to unpack there. It's a wild yeah. time. But also, I the do spinach think... always looked fucking wilty. Well, Ugh. yeah, because it was in a can. Yeah, it's canned spinach. Canned spinach is even better. Mm. Wilty spinach is the devil. 
okay, I have derailed this. <laughs> Caitlin, please continue. It's so well, fucking gross. Especially, okay, I'm sorry. I got it. When people take just like a wad of spinach and then they just like put it in like boiling water with their pasta, I'm like literally fucking why? Boiling water? Or just like putting it with their pasta, but like to, I'm like, we put that in at the very end so it's still like a little crunchy and it's not like filthy, just like globs. If you're doing this, stop. That's why your kids don't like spinach because you're doing this to it. <laughs> you're it's ruining horrible. them. You're ruining it. Okay, Not I'm to sorry. mention, you're I'm also done. like killing the like nutrient properties. If you like boil spinach, I mean, you're basically making really nutrient rich water that you are going to dump down the drain. Yeah, drink the water. <laughs> yeah, drink the water. For tea. Yeah. Mom, it's hot. <laughs> it's boiling. <laughs> well, wait till it's not boiling anymore. Otherwise, you're, bo- you're burning yourself. Okay. Oh my God. Anyways. Yes. yes. Anyways, but sometimes I think with the the surplus, people don't understand. Like they're like, oh, I'm, tr- I'm working out in the gym and I'm trying to gain muscle and, you know, I've been in this deficit for so long and you're like oh light bulb because like you know if you are trying to gain muscle why are you also trying to lose body weight it's like this you know kind of like awkward it's really situation counterproductive yeah <laughs> is it, like, it sounds to me like it is possible to like both gain muscle and lose fat at the same times but it yes. does sound like that's pretty challenging to do especially if you're like just in the wild west trying to figure it out on your own (laughs) yeah it's definitely difficult to achieve both and it's especially difficult in a trained athlete if someone is just beginning their training journey then yes that most certainly might happen but for a trained athlete it's really best to go after those goals in separate phases Mm -hmm. that's good to know yeah everyone's just you can't I'm not even going to use it. Can't do it all. You can't do it all. Everyone's trying to do it all and you can't. Well, all right. So this has been art so illuminating already. And I just can't even imagine what it's like (laughs) to join a masterclass where you learn about literally all. I'm so excited. I haven't watched it yet. So I'm pumped to do it myself. But yeah, so you guys have a course coming out about body composition. Why don't you tell the people so they can go learn the truth instead of the lies that yeah. are out there literally fucking everywhere. <laughs> so we're here to dismantle the system. Anyway, we, are. we <laughs> back in June, <laughs> in June 2022, Emily and I launched the Body Comp Pro Masterclass and it was so successful. We, Our goal was to really talk about the holistic approaches to body composition because we felt like there was just not enough information. There really wasn't a lot of resources out there that people could turn to that could support them and give them clarity about what this actually looks like. And that is why we started to develop this other fun project. Emily, do you want to expand and tell everybody what we got going on? Yeah, I would love to. So like Caitlin said, the masterclass got a lot of really great feedback and we were stoked on that because This is a topic that's really polarizing. People are either, you know, in the body recomp camp and it's, you know, really aggressive or people are way on the other side and they're like, don't do anything with body composition and whatever. But we want to, you know. You're perfect. Be ashamed of wanting to experiment and make changes in your body. How dare you want to experiment with something and see if something works for you. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you are perfect. But if you want to go after body composition changes, you should be able to do so in a healthy way um, and in a way that, you know, 
feels good to you. So anyway, so we basically really expanded the masterclass into a four-week self-guided course because we wanted to take each of these, you know, pillars in the masterclass and detail them and really dive into them. So the course is really going to help our students, you know, understand the different diet and lifestyle factors that they should consider when seeking body composition changes. Um, We're talking about exactly how to estimate your energy needs and your macronutrient needs. We're walking people through, you know, how to prioritize, you know, different phases of body recomposition and how to pursue them. So how to gain muscle, how to actually go through a calorie deficit. Um, And we really want to, you know, underline here that we want people to be able to pursue these changes in both a safe and an effective way. And this is for athletes, active individuals who really want to learn how to change their body composition and understand what's involved with, like Emily said, a deficit, a surplus, some things to keep in mind in, you know, the secondary nutrition factors, things like sleep and stress as well. And that is why we created this four-week self-guided course because we felt like there was so much information that we just couldn't fit into a 60-minute masterclass. People had a lot of questions about how they could apply this to themselves. And really, we want this to feel like a safe and effective approach that maybe you don't touch on now, but maybe when you're in an off-season, you start thinking about this. And we really want to give you the tools and resources to be able to do that in a way that feels like a a good approach for you and doesn't feel um, like you're kind of having to forego some of the things that you enjoy during your, you know, off seasons too. So um, this is actually a good time to talk about it because we are doing a pre-sale. So the official launch date of the course will drop on January 9th of 2023, but we want to Uh, put out a pre-sale now and sweeten this up a little bit by giving y'all a discount because who doesn't love that? Uh, So right now you can get $50 off. This is automatically applied at checkout um, now from from now to the 16th of December. And if you already watched our masterclass, you already purchased it, we are also going to give you an additional discount because uh, we know that, you know, people who are really interested in this, you already benefited from the masterclass. We want you to be able to expand. Um, but in addition, if you do go ahead with the pre-sale now, you will also get access to the masterclass um, in case you haven't seen it already. So really in total, that is about $90 in savings. We really, we really want this info yeah. out there. So <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tight. Okay. And you'll have, everyone will have the link to finding yes. that in our show notes. I just wanted to say, you all are like the cool sex ed teachers of <laughs> where it's like, where everyone's like, I'm ashamed. I don't want to know. I'll just do it the unsafe way. And I don't want to talk about it. And you guys are like, no, no, be safe. We'll teach you how to be safe. It's fine. Oh and I God. think it's exactly. great. But I feel I love like it. Yeah, in like a cool, you guys are like the, unlike the sex ed teachers I had that were like, what if I traumatized you? Would you like to be traumatized? I can do it. I can find 14 different ways to Sunday to freak you out and cost you a lot of money in therapy later, which they did. They sure did. Literally, fuck you guys. Um, Anyone that taught me sex ed in high school, if you're listening, 
fuck you. Um, I mean, <laughs> strong yeah. fuck you. Anyways. I went, <laughs> yeah, I have rails. a lot to say about that too. Yeah. I went to Catholic high school. That's all I'll say. We're all fine. Okay. <laughs> well, everyone's okay. Nothing else. Everyone's okay. This is sweet. Well, thank you both so much for chatting. It's been a blast. Um, and yes, Emily, where can the people find you? Yeah, totally. So I am on Instagram at the outdoor nutritionist. Um, so definitely come visit me there. Perfect. And one other thing I'll mention too, because we love having you on, Emily. We will have Emily back in the winter or spring. Um, and we will be talking more about hormones as well. So we'll dig deeper then. But until then, thank you, Emily, for joining us today during our little bit longer snack break. Yeah, uh, <laughs> an important snack break, as it were. I know yes. we probably need to like have a, have a sequel to this where we talk about this even more. But this was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Thanks for giving us yeah, the high so level much, need guys, to know. for having me. Oh, yeah. It's been a blast. Well, congrats on being the first person to grace one of our snack breaks that isn't <laughs> I'm Caitlin. honored. It's been, it's been a joy. Sweet. Wait, Emily, before we sign off, are you are you a Buckeyes fan? I know you're an – are you a Buckeyes fan? I am not because I actually went to the better Ohio school, Howie University. <laughs> oh, so. you, guys, you guys know how to party. You also have a good band. Okay, yes, better. Well, Ohio, Ohio till we die all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> Amazing. All right, catch y'all later. All right, bye. Bye.